Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome back to Checkup Podcast. This is Caleb Willard. I'm excited to be back. I know this episode's coming out a little later than it usually does. We had some business things to take care of this week, um, but we're looking great. Excited to to be recording today. I just got back from hooping. Had a nice hoop sesh. Um, it's, it's nice to hoop indoors with people again, man. You know, it's it's been so long, I feel like, since been able to consistently do that. And, you know, it, it brings back memories, man, you know, of, of what I love about it, what I hate about it, just just everything. You know, I always love, I mean, I love competition. You know, that's, I mean, that's why I'm doing this podcast, man. I love sports. Uh, it, it drives me to be, to be a better person. Um, it always has. It's always been a big part of my life. Um, and and that competition, that competitiveness in me, I mean, I'm Latino, man. I mean, it is all, it's in everything I do. And so when I roll up to go hoop at College Park, Maryland, right, when I roll up the hoop and some kid is talking about, oh, you know, yeah, I got a you know, I, I got a deal, you know, I got an offer back when I was in high school to play here at Maryland and, and at the Naval Academy. Bro, shut up. Shut up. You're five foot seven and chubby and kind of fat. Like, no body shame, but boy, I know you weren't going to, like, I, I've, I just watched you hoop. I know you're not good enough to play at Maryland. I know you're not good enough to play D1. Bro, you're not good enough to play Juco. Like, what do we... You know, like Juco, Juco basketball in our area plays Naval Academy. Like, like I've played Juco. Juco is still pretty competitive. And this kid belonged nowhere near Juco. So why people feel like they got to overcompensate when we're just trying to have a nice run just blows me, man. It It's infuriating. Like, it gets me going, man. I'm sitting there hooping and people talking about, yeah, man, you know. Uh, you know, met with the, you know, Naval Academy guy and he said, I got a real nice jump shot, bro. He's telling you that because your parents are sitting behind you. Like, shut up, man. Gosh, you know, it's just the things people say when they know they're being watched. It's, it blows my mind. It's just like people can't be honest when they're on the spotlight. People got to default to what they think people, other people want to hear. Okay, and and I'm not for it. It's why this podcast exists, because, man, some analysts these days be saying some real dumb stuff when the when the lights go on. You know, they, they get a spotlight. All right. On ESPN or, you know, whatever network, CBS Sports, you know, Fox News, Fox Sports, whatever, man. And then they get up there and say some really stupid stuff. Because they think their audience wants to hear it. I'm sick of it. You know, this kid had the nerve to try to tell us that, you know, he got an offer from Maryland in high school. Bro, you're like a year or two out of high school. What did you? Uh, I just, I don't. What What have you done the past year or two? Your jumper sucks. You can't finish nothing at the rim. You know, I heard a, I heard a reporter. Okay, a, a sports reporter. I'm not going to say his name. Like I said, we respect 
people's privacy to a point on this show. I'm not going to call analysts out because, you know, most of these sports analysts, man, like they played the sport, you know, and I really respect that. You, you get a certain perspective playing the sport that you just can't get from not, you know, from sitting in my position. You know, I'm a college athlete. Um, I, I've played, you know, plenty of sports, but, you know, I, I haven't taken it to a professional level. So I can't give you my perspective. And so I really respect a lot of these guys. But, man, I, I, I don't care. Like, I don't I genuinely don't care about their experience when they're willing to say stuff like like um, Zach Wilson is going to be more successful this year than Mac Jones. What are we talking about, man? Like, seriously, like a well-known analyst came out and said that Zach Wilson is going to be more successful than Mac Jones. First of all, I just want to start by saying we don't we haven't even seen these guys play yet. Okay? These are just, you know, piping hot takes out of people's butts. I mean, this is this is no thought talk, right? You know, they're we got college tape, man. How many college kids are bus? And how many seemingly college bus actually go off? You know, Tom Brady, the infamous, what, 99th pick of the draft, goes on to be the GOAT of every sport. You know, um, you know who knows? I mean, uh, Josh Rosen was first round pick a couple years ago. He's now played on three or four teams. Who knows what's going to happen? But that's besides the point. To think that, like, the word success, when I think of the word successful, well, in the NFL, that translates to wins. Like, nobody nobody cares about the Lions, right? They're, they're an unsuccessful team. Okay, Matt Stafford was not a successful quarterback at Detroit. He's a good quarterback. But he's not successful. He he was not successful at all, remotely. Mm. And that goes for, I mean, you know, we we can go, we can go all over the place with this, right? Um, I mean, RG three was not a successful quarterback. He had a great year with Washington. Blew his knee out. Hasn't had a solid winning season since. Hasn't really started since unsuccessful quarterback marcus mariota like cool he's a backup i think in vegas does that make him a successful quarterback no um i mean drew Brees or philip rivers and we're not we're gonna avoid drew Brees because that's sensitive for people philip rivers was was philip rivers a great quarterback yes he was statistically speaking Philip Rivers had a phenomenally like a phenomenal statistical career. Was he a successful quarterback? No. He didn't win when it mattered. He didn't win any championships. He didn't win an MVP. Okay. Philip Rivers was an unsuccessful quarterback. Okay, there's a difference. You you don't necessarily Greatness and success do not necessarily align. Okay, you can be, we talk about it all the time, how how situations can define your success. Okay, but they cannot define your greatness. All right. Um, 
perfect example was Sam Donald, right? Sam Donald was a good quarterback in a very unsuccessful position, right? I mean, Mans was set up from the start, right? He went to a trash team, and crazy enough, they were still trash when Sam Donald got there. And they are trash now, now that he left. Nothing's changed. Okay? You know, um, the greats, a lot of the great quarterbacks, part of the reason they're so great is because of the situation that they find themselves in. You know, Patrick Mahomes. I, you know, this is not a knock on Patty at all. Patty's, I mean, he's an elite quarterback. But what a position he landed in. Right? I mean, he gets to play on a very successful team his rookie year, play behind a very successful quarterback, and then he has a very successful head coach with a very successful front office, manages to get Patrick Mahomes all of these pieces, a defense, an offense, all at an elite caliber. And Patty does what Patty does. You know, he wins with it. You know, um, people oftentimes gave Baker Mayfield a lot of slack. Man, before Baker Mayfield, they the Browns had a wildly unsuccessful program. They had a wildly unsuccessful team. We're talking about the paper, the paper, the brown paper bag Browns. With the fans, we go to games with brown paper bags on their face, covering their faces in the shame of losing so much. They went like a year and a half without winning a football game. How impressive is that? Um, and, and Baker managed to turn that around. Help, you know, he helped turn that around. Was it just him? No, man. It wasn't just Baker. Baker came into the Browns as they were on the uptake. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Jarvis Landry, OBJ, Njoku, Miles Garrett. Like, it's oftentimes about that opportunity that you get. You know, you, a lot of times you don't get to prove that you're great until you land in the pla- in that place. Okay? And and let's talk, you know, and we'll bring this back to to the Jets quarterback and um Gosh, I'm blank. And Mac Jones, the Patriots quarterback. Okay, look, man, it doesn't matter how great Zach Wilson is. Okay, you can be the 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 most, you know, hopeful person in Zach Wilson's career, and I'm all for it, man. You know, I wish him I wish him the best of luck. I know, but the reality is, he's going to a terrible team. He's going to be wildly unsuccessful. So, you know, part of this episode, the majority of this episode, we're going to spend talking about the league. You know, so part of the reason it took so long to get this episode out, you know, it's just me working back here alone, you know, on these these lonely week nights. And I put together an Excel sheet of every game that's going to be played this year. All right. It's a lot of games, folks. It's a lot of games. And, um... And let me tell you what, man, it does not look good for the Jets. <laughs> Very simply put, it does not look good for the Jets. Um, so last year the Jets went two and fourteen, man. 
this year. You know, it's not like their schedule gets much easier. They're going to play, like, the Jets, the Jets are going to play Carolina. That's a loss. I'm sorry. Carolina is going to smack them week one, and it's going to be a fun game to watch. Sam Donald's going to get to smack his team week one. They're going to take that loss. They're going to go to New England and play Mac Jones and play the Patriots team that, you know, people forget how many people they had on COVID on the COVID injury list, right? You know, the, the COVID out opt-out list. People forget that despite the opt-out list and despite Cam Newton being the first-year quarterback in that in that program, and despite their starting quarterback not being able to play a couple games, New England still went 7-9. and nine. Mac Jones is going to a successful program. Okay, he's going to a successful team. They're going to smack the Jets. And all of a sudden, we're not going to hear about Zach Wilson versus Mac Jones anymore. We're not going to hear about it. Okay, the Jets then get to go to Denver. That's most likely a loss. Denver's better than them. They're going to get to play Tennessee at home. Derrick Henry's going to have a field day with that defense. They're, not, they're then going to go to Atlanta and play the Falcons. Now, I don't think the Falcons are particularly good. But can you name a single person in the Jets secondary? Like, can you consciously name a single person on their D-line? Do you know who's going to be running the ball this year for the Jets? I don't think so. And therefore, the Jets are going to lose that game. They then they get a bye week so that Zach Wilson can play the New England Patriots in Foxborough. Another loss. Shocking. And I'll bring you another statistic. Um, you know, not statistic, but more a fact. The Patriots head coach, Bill Belichick, guys, he doesn't lose to first, second year, you know, quarterbacks. He doesn't. I, I think last year he went, I think the past like three years, he's undefeated when playing rookie quarterbacks. He outcoaches. He, he, he just, he watches the tape and picks out their weakness and just spends the evening exploiting rookie weaknesses and it's not like he hasn't played bums okay no rookie quarterback has beat the patriots in like three five years so it doesn't matter they're going off a bye week they're going to play in foxborough mac jones is going to get a confidence booster slap jet secondary around oh and six and then play cincinnati look the bengals aren't a very good team but their offense is a whole lot more potent than the Jets' offense. I'm not saying that the Jets can't win that game. I'm just saying they probably won't. 0-7. They then play the Colts. By that time, hopefully Quentin Nelson and, and Carson Wentz will be healthy. And if they're healthy and that defense is going, that's another loss. 0-8. They're then going to play Buffalo. The Bills are going to have a field day with them. Then they play Miami, and you know I'm not huge on Miami, but that defense is no joke. We think Zach Wilson is going to torch, you know, Xavier Rhodes. You, you think the Jets are going to do anything against Miami? Well, no. Then they then they go and play at Houston. You know, um, I understand Houston's team is pretty bad, but I trust Deshaun Watson a whole lot more than I trust Zach Wilson. A whole lot more. You know, we don't know what Zach Wilson's going to bring to the professional table. 
And if you want more information on what Zach Wilson did in college, see a previous episode. It wasn't anything crazy. It was a whole lot of hype because he came from an unranked school or a school that wasn't ranked in the beginning of the season. Okay. Deshaun Watson threw for 4,800 yards last year. They're taking an L at Houston. All right. Now, I look, I'm going to give them a break. I think they'll beat Philly. I think the Eagles are terrible. You know, they're playing at home. I think they can pull off their first dub after 11 losses. All right. But then they get to play New Orleans. Jameis Winston. I'm all on that Jameis Winston train. All right. Jameis is going to slap him around. Miami gets to play him again. That's a win. You know, the next game is is home game against Jacksonville. Maybe they can squeak that out. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that they win two games. So I'll give them a dub there. All right, but they're going to get smacked by Tampa Bay the next game, and then the final game is at Buffalo. Guess what? An easy stat-padding game for Buffalo. The only reason Buffalo might lose that game is because they won't start their starters because I have Buffalo, shockingly enough, easily into the playoffs, and they might choose the rest of the starters. That's the Jets. Like, a solid 2-15. and 15. Solid two and fifteen. Okay. Um, New England, on the other hand, let's talk about New England. So, like I said, New England gets. I mean, Mac Jones is going to have a much better defense. He's going to have an offense with more weapons. I mean, they they have they got rid of running backs. They believe in their running back core so much. I've heard nothing but amazing things about their running back core. They just signed two of the top five, seven tight ends in the league. Um, they don't have amazing receivers, but their receivers are. I mean, they're, Nelson Aguilar is better than anybody on uh, on the Jets. I don't. I believe in Nelson Aguilar more than I believe in any Jet receiver. And that's saying something, you know. So Mac Jones is going to go into these games in a in a similar format that he did with Bama, meaning he's going to go into games with an elite defense, with an elite O line. Um, they're going to run the ball a ton. Yes, Mac Jones is going to be told to throw some, but honestly, Mac Jones isn't going to be told to throw very far. He has two elite tight ends. They're going to run a whole lot of slants. They're going to run a whole lot of, of you know, just outside the numbers, 10 yards and pump out. It'll be nothing crazy. Mac Jones is going to be told to be a game manager. And Mac Jones, I mean, you can do that, you know. So let's, let's talk about New England's schedule. New England's going to play Miami. Bill Belichick doesn't lose to... You know, first and second year quarterbacks, that's a win. They're going to trash the Jets. They might lose to the Saints. I, I might give the Saints the benefit of the doubt there. And sure, Tom Brady's going to have, you know, his way with his old team. But they're going to beat Houston. They're going to have a field day with Dallas. They're going to trash the Jets again. Um, They play the Chargers. The Chargers will be a very good game. I'm going to give the Chargers the advantage because the Chargers are going to be at home. Um, but that's a very good game. They should beat the Panthers. Um, I'll give them a loss on, you know, I, I'm going to give them, I'm going to, New England's not perfect, right? The Browns can beat them, but Atlanta's not beating them, right? Um, the Bills, uh, look, man, I'm just going to say it how it is. New England could give the, uh, uh, not the Bills, the Titans. The, New England could give the Titans issues. All right, I'm not going to go through the whole New England schedule. It's just we've already surpassed the Jets' win total. There's no point. Success is wins, man. 
And there's, I'm sorry, there's no chance that Zach Wilson is going to be more successful than Mac Jones on any level. So, like I said, you, we're going to get into the season, how I think the season's going to shake out, why I think the season's going to shake out, how it does. Um, there's a couple divisions in here, man, that are they're tough divisions. Jeez. Looking at the NFC West, and I'm looking at the AFC North, and I'm like, gracious, man, I got some. These guys got some wins. So let's let's get to it, guys. The AFC South. All right, Titans, Colts, Texans, Jaguars. Um, the Titans went 11 and five this year, last year, and they did nothing but upgrade this offseason. All right, I have them at least 12, 13 wins. I have them at 14 wins. I'm being optimistic here, um, but at least 12, 13, they're going to win the division, especially with the Colts having Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson out for an indefinite amount of time. I think they're going to be back soon, but who knows? Mm. And something else about the Colts. I like the Colts a lot. Um, one of the other hosts we have here, Trey, he loves the Colts. But let me tell you the Colts' first six games. You know, actually, let's go eight games. Because it does not look good. And the longer that Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz are out, the harder it will be to recover. Okay, so. Indiana plays Seattle week one, the Rams week two, Tennessee week three, at Miami week four, at Baltimore week five, then they host Houston, and then fly to San Francisco, and then end that eight-game you know stretch with Tennessee at home. That is brutal. Um, if Carson Wentz does not play. They're not winning more than two of those games. And twos, I mean, pushing it. The All of these teams are problems. You know, I don't love Miami. I think Miami's not going to have as successful as a year they did last year because of Tua. I'm not a Tua believer. I think that Fitzpatrick helped a lot. He, I mean, Fitzpatrick closed out games for Miami. I haven't seen, I haven't heard of a whole lot of growth from Tua. I haven't seen a whole lot of offseason moves to really believe in Miami. Um, but that being said, a Carson Wentzless Indiana, like no quarterback, weak O line. Now that Quentin Nelson, the number one, you know, one of the best offensive line players we've seen play. Yeah, man. I and then at Baltimore. I mean, I know the you know I know the Ravens got kind of a mess right now. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do this season. But I'm taking the Ravens there. I mean, at San Francisco, dude. You know, we talk about the 49ers. People forget how many injuries the 49ers sustained last year. The 49ers had the most players on injury reserve last year, and it wasn't particularly close. Hey, last year the 49ers went six and ten. It's not happening this year. All right. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo will be back. Hopefully healthy. Trey Lance. I've heard nothing but great things about Trey Lance. So look, man, San Francisco won't have a killer season, but they're not going six and ten. 
I take them over the Colts, you know, without Carson, without Quentin Nelson. And we're not we're only talking about eight weeks. We're talking about two months. They could both very much be out for two months. We have no idea. We haven't heard anything. And I we don't like not hearing anything, all right? Not hearing anything makes things, you know, makes injuries sound indefinite. So ah, uh, tough run for the Colts. Uh, you know, they, they were looking a lot better this year, looking to make a run. I just, I don't know if I believe in it. And then Texans Jaguars. Look, the Texans are a mess. Everybody knows this. I think this is Deshaun Watson's last year before he leaves, you know, three and 14 is what I'm giving them. They went four and 12 last year. I just don't see him improving on that. And the Jaguars, uh, Jaguars last year went one and 15. They were the worst team in the NFL. I got them beating that by a couple games. You know, I, I think Trevor will go out and win a couple games for them. And I think they, you know, they have some decent players on that team. Um, Trevor Lawrence, they brought back. Trevor is running back from college. Um, I love Chark, DJ Chark on that team. I have another receiver that I'm really keen on. So, you know, they could win a couple games, but nothing crazy. Um, you know, I, I we talked situational football earlier in the show and this is just one of those things trevor lawrence is and you know he's up for a rude awakening he's not on clemson anymore he's a great talent but it's not like their schedule is a walk in the park so i mean they they go a stretch of games here that is just vicious and i don't i don't see them. i mean they're gonna play seattle then buffalo then the colts and then san francisco they're gonna get a break with atlanta then the Rams and the Titans. I mean, dude, that's that's seven weeks of playoff football, basically. And ah, it's gonna hurt. I mean, he's gonna be bruised up, I guarantee it, after those games. So I got the I got the Titans winning that pretty comfortably. Like I said, Titans went eleven and five last year, and they got nothing but better over the offseason. They added Julio Jones. They upgraded their secondary. Their offensive line still looks great. I mean, I don't, I don't see them winning less than 12, 13 games. I have them at 14 and three. They're gonna have a great season. Uh, AFC North, I have next, and this is tricky. Okay, because their schedules are actually pretty easy. Like the Steelers' schedule is not that difficult this year. And so it's one of those things where I got the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers all winning more than 10 games. Mm. I mean, last year, all of them won 11 or more games. They all went crazy. But let's break it down a little bit. I have the Browns winning the division. And let me explain why. For all of the Ravens fans... In attendance of the show, let me explain why. Man, the Browns got better over the off season. Like you guys don't under like you don't understand how significant that is. They added a another pass rusher, a significant one, Jadavian Clowney. Odell Beckham is coming back. Regardless of what you think about Odell Beckham and how he fits into the team. He still demands the attention of a wide receiver one. He's going to give the Ravens secondary all they can handle. 
he's you know they're gonna give the Steelers line all they can handle with the best running back tandem in the league, and they're gonna give both offenses you know offenses a run for their money. You know I don't see the Browns losing too many games. I have them at thirteen and four, definitely above eleven wins. Um, I I I take them a you know last year they went eleven and five. They're winning more games this year. Baker took a huge step forward. And as long as Baker is willing to keep progressing, this team, I mean, they came within a touchdown of beating the Chiefs last year. The Ravens, man, you know, the Ravens is tough. They lost J.K. Dobbins. And I have Ravens fans, one of my roommates especially, swearing up and down that it doesn't matter because Lamar is the focal point, blah, blah, blah. But Lamar needs assistance. Rashad Bateman, the new receiver they got from the draft, is injured. He's not playing. All right, he's going to be out for a little bit, and it's going to take time for him to feel comfortable in the rotation. You know, he's a receiver from Minnesota. It's not like he played some crazy cornerbacks, right? Um, and he's going to be a rookie, you know? I mean, J.K. Dobbins getting hurt is a huge loss. You know, your running back tandem went from uh, – went from – J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards to Gus Edwards as the RB1, and they're assigning Le'Veon Bell to be the RB2. And, man, R- I mean, Le'Veon Bell didn't work well with people the past few years. He he has not been anywhere near the playing performance that he once was. He's nowhere near his prime. So, And the Ravens lost Judon. That's a big loss. That's a big hole in their D-line. You know, I get the Ravens secondary is elite, and Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. He's going to make it work. I have him at least at 10 wins. I'm optimistic for 12, but that is pretty optimistic. Not going to lie. Um, the Steelers have about the same place. Look, Big Ben is not getting younger. Last year he played great, but it's the, it's the question of time. How long can he last for? Obviously, last year they went 12 and 4. I don't think they're going to get 12 wins again, but I do think they're going to have a much better back season than they did last year. Last year was horrendous. The breakdown that we witnessed from the Steelers was unbelievable. Um, so I, I'm not expecting that to happen. But like I said, I'm not expecting. I'm not expecting more than 12 wins from the Steelers. 10 to 12, just like the Ravens. Um, and you got the Bengals rounding out the pack there. You know, Joe Burrow's coming off an injury. You were, you know, I'm I'm skeptical about that. I've heard he's pretty ginger about it. And uh, the defense took a huge downgrade. Their best cornerback went to the Redskins and went to the Washington football team. So I'm just, uh, I'm sorry for holding out on hope with the Bengals. But last year they went 4-11. They're not getting the four wins this year. I'm I'm pretty confident about that. Not in that division, man. Not playing the Browns, Ravens, and Steelers six games out of the year. You're you're losing all six of them. Um, AFC West is next. This is a really, really, really interesting division because you have the Chiefs, right? Who are known as the celebrity team, if you will. You know, they're the champions. Like. I know the Bucks won it last year, but the Chiefs are still known to be the champions. Like they're they're still the team to beat in a lot of players' eyes. 
especially in the AFC, they're easily the best AFC team. You know, they're definitely the most talented AFC team. Um, so last year they went 14 and two. I mean, they're, I, I have them at least at 14. I have them at 16. Um, I think, I mean, but they're not going to, I don't think they'll hit 16. You know, I'm going through the schedule and I'm like, man, they got to lose at some point in here. Right. So 16 and one, um, 15 and two is more probable. No less than 14 though. They're going to still dominate their division. Their division is up and coming, but they just haven't caught up to the chief. You know, they haven't caught up yet. There's big gaps when you talk about Patrick Mahomes to Justin Herbert. Patrick Mahomes to Drew Locke and uh, their new starting quarterback, um, Teddy Bridgewater. And Derek Carr, man, I mean, Derek Carr broke his leg, and I'm sorry, but he's just never, just hasn't been the same. He's very much less mobile. His decision-making is okay. Like, he's not bad. Their defense is eh. You know, so I got the Chiefs on top of that division. And then the rest of the teams are good. It's just, it's just, eh. I don't know a better way to put it, honestly. You know, the Chargers are, are probably, I have them as the second best team in this division. I have the Chargers going 10 and 7. They went 7 and 9 last year. Um, I have them tacking on, you know, their defense was a little banged up last year. They're going to come out healthy. At least I'm going to assume they're going to be healthy this year. And if, and if that Chargers defense is, you know, healthy this year, they can win nine games like they can at least go nine and seven i have them at um nine and six no nine and eight that's what it is they can at least go nine and eight possibly go ten and seven the broncos dude i want to believe in the broncos like i want to give them wins especially since their schedule is so easy you know last year they went five and eleven okay um, but let me pull up this schedule. This schedule is ridiculous. I was sitting here going through. And I was like, man, I have them winning four more games than last year. It seems like a lot. But then I went back and looked. They played the Giants, Jacksonville, and the Jets their first three games. What a joke. Right? Like, who made this schedule, man? Do they live in Colorado? Is that the deal? I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is going to get some actual reps. You know, he's going to get some mojo going with this offense and their offense definitely isn't bad and their defense as well i mean they they added some great pieces over the course of the off season so man that's that's three wins right there the first three weeks without even blinking mm. then they got baltimore and pittsburgh tough losses but then they play the raiders and then they go on this little streak. They play the Raiders, which is a 50-50. The next, honestly, the next six games are pretty wish-wash. Okay, so you got Baltimore, you get Pittsburgh, you get Vegas, Cleveland, Washington, Dallas. But then you get a breather, okay? So, you know, I think they win one game against Dallas, lose to the Washington team. Or vice versa. They squeak out one, you know, against DC and they lose to Dallas. Lose to Cleveland. But then they're gonna get to play Philly. They go on a bye week. Then they're gonna be at home against the Chargers, which I'm thinking is a win. 
I believe in Denver enough. They're going to lose to Kansas City the following week, but then they're going to get to play Detroit, Cincinnati. They're going to get to play the Raiders and the Chargers. And look, they can win three of those games. So their schedule actually works in their favor. Like I said, you know, I'm being realistic, and I saw eight wins on that schedule, which is, I mean, it's great for a team that's subpar. You know, I think if they had, you know, like any other schedule, they wouldn't have a chance of being eight and nine. But they get the schedule and go their way. The Raiders are kind of the opposite. They got a little bit harder of a schedule. It's a bit tougher. I think they're a better team than the Broncos. Um, I love the offseason moves they've made this year. They added some depth to that offense, which was huge. But, man, I just, I've grown skeptical about Derek Carr. And that defense is just terrible. I mean, the Broncos' defense at least is legitimate. The Raiders is just ugly. No run defense, really. Not a great secondary. It's just so eh. They went 8-8 eight and eight last year, and I want to give them more wins. You know, I want to say they're, you know, the additions to the offense will take them to that next level, maybe 9-8. and eight. Maybe they can tie the Chargers 10-7, and seven, or maybe they can sneak out a few more dubs. But with, with the scheduling that Las Vegas is going to see, um, you know, Las Vegas is the opposite of Denver. They're going to start against Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Miami. And then play the Chargers, you know, in L.A. Those are four tough games for the Raiders. I have them going one and three right there. They could go in four. There's no way they go two and two. Then they play Chicago, which with Chicago's defense is kind of a coin toss. Then they play Denver. I like Denver's a good team. They're on the Raiders level. This is 50-50. I have them winning some of these games, but man, let me tell you, it's it's not by a whole lot. You know, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt against Chicago, but if they beat Chicago, they're probably going to lose to Denver. And and then they hit their bye. They get a break. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> man, I saw Philly and I thought bye. Um, they're going to beat Philly on their entrance to the bye. Then they're going to get... They're going to go to New York to play the Giants, but I believe in that bye week advantage, and I, I take the Raiders' talent over uh, over New York's. I give them that, but then they go back to the grind. They're going to play. They're going to play Kansas City, the Bengals, breather, but then Dallas, DC, Kansas City, Cleveland, Denver, Indianapolis, Chargers. Like, there's no easy games there. That is a tough schedule. I don't care what you think. Kansas City? Okay, that's a loss. And then you got Dallas and D.C. Like I said, you can win one of those, but you're not winning both. Kansas City again? And then Cleveland? And then your rival at the end of the season? You know, the only optimism there is they play Denver and the Chargers late in the season at home. But then they're going to deal with the Colts in Indianapolis with their full team, hopefully. So I find it hard to be super optimistic. I think they lose out of their uh, division honorably, but still. Let's switch it up to the AFC East. Um, the Bills, I don't think that's a question. 
I think the Bills went 13-3 and three last year. Zach Moss should be back and healthy and ready to go, locked and loaded. Got to remember that they played the Chiefs without Zach Moss, without a running game. They also played the Ravens without a running game and slapped them. So I'm a believer of the Chiefs. They're going to win at least 13 games again. I think jo- uh, I think um, I think our quarterback is a little young, so he's he, I don't think he's has the mentality for like a Chiefs Tampa Bay run at 16 and one or 15 and two. I think 13, 14 games is is solid for Josh. Um, and then and then I'm I'm going with this take. And I'm dying next to it. I'm taking the Patriots over the Dolphins. We we talked about it a little bit earlier. I be, you know the Patriots went seven and nine last year with the world against them. I mean, with the whole world, they had the most players opt out of the season with COVID. They had a quarterback who really couldn't throw. He he only threw for eight touchdowns last year. And he missed a lot of games. They, they were missing a lot of leadership in that locker room. I think Mac Jones is a really humble dude. I don't think he's a crazy talent. I think he's a game manager. That was his role at Bama, and that's his role now. You know, if and Mac Jones has had an incredible offseason. Great for him. They're at least a 9-8 team. Like, I'm, I'm taking them at 9-8, and 10-7. I do, and and it's the opposite. See, Mac Jones, like I said, you know, it's hard because we haven't seen Mac Jones play, blah blah blah. But we've seen Tua play, and Tua has a lot of work to do. He has a lot of work to do, man. Fitzpatrick was closing out games for Miami. You know, part of the re- you know part of the reason that Fitzpatrick was so frustrated with. Miami was the fact that he was actually winning them games and they pulled him to give Tua time. Man, Tua's not ready. Tua's still developing. They're going to they're going to lose some dumb games that they should have won. You know, last year they went 10 and 6 with Fitzmagic doing his thing, being all magical, blah blah blah. I just I don't see him winning 10 games. Therefore, I don't see him making the playoffs. I think uh, I think this off season's gonna be a big one. This next off season's gonna be a big one for the Dolphins. So they're gonna have to figure out what do we do. We're stuck in that awkward like seven to ten win range where you don't really make the playoffs, but you don't suck, so you don't get any draft picks. Awkward. And then you got the Jets. We're not going back over the Jets. We already talked about the Jets. I'm sick and tired of people trying to make the Jets relevant, man. I'm so sick of it. New York Jets fans just need to get over them swell, you know, get over themselves. And your best year was with Mark Sanchez. Like that's depressing. We're going to go over to the NFC now where uh, we're going to start with the NFC South. I think this division is so interesting. You got the Bucs, who went 11-5 and last year with no preseason. You got Tom Brady there this offseason guiding this team. That Super Bowl hangover is going to be real quick, man. I, don't, I think the Bucs are going to come out firing. There's no reason they don't. That's an at least 12-win team. In my mind, really, at least 13 win team, 13 and up. 
I have them at 15 and 2, but definitely 13 plus. You know, you can always lose a dumb game. Can't really predict those. At least 13 plus. But the biggest, the the to me, the biggest question mark that I'm super excited to see is the Saints. You know, the Saints went 12 and 4 last year. No Michael Thomas. And I'm a believer in Jameis Winston. I really am. Their team was good enough to go 12-4 and last year. I think Jameis at least gets some 10 wins. Is he going to be as efficient as, you know, Drew? No. You know, he's probably going to toss a game or two. Let's just be real. But their defense is good. Cameron Jordan is still Cameron Jordan. You know, they still have a solid secondary. Michael Thomas should be back, you know, this year at some point. I think it's like week four or six he's projected to be back at. It's, it's a real team, man. The Saints are, you know, Kamara's back, fully healthy. Jadavius, uh, no, Traquan Smith, I think is the other receiver's name. And Jameis was working with another receiver. I just can't, I'm not even going to try to remember his name, but. You know, for that 54-yard touchdown the preseason, I don't take a whole lot from the preseason, but his preseason was impressive. I got the Saints winning 10-plus games, man. And the Panthers? And the Panthers, CMC's back and healthy. That defense is starting to rebuild. Sam Donald's a massive upgrade. Panthers won, went 5-11 and 11 last year. I take him at no more than no less than seven wins this year. I'm at eight and nine. At least seven though. And then you kind of round out the division with the Falcons. Ah, four and thirteen, man. I'm just not buying it. You went four and twelve with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley on the team. Like you can go ahead and add Kyle Pitts, but you lost Julio. You're not winning more than four games. I just, even with an extra game to play, I just think their division slaps them. And their schedule's not kind. I mean, at the same time, though, no division is kind. You know, no schedule is kind to a team that sucks. Moving on, NFC North, got the Packers. I actually think the Packers' schedule is pretty easy. Um, I take them at 13 wins again. I think that's a solid number. I don't think the Packers are going to go crazy. No 15-2 and two type things. Aaron Aaron had his year last year. I don't think he's going to have quite the same year. You know, throwing 48 touchdowns and five picks is kind of crazy. To repeat that would mean he's... I mean... <laughs> we're not going to talk about that. I can't even imagine that. If Aaron Rodgers repeated that year... Like, he would have an argument. You know, he would win an MVP. And at that point, he would have the argument for the most talented, the best regular season quarterback. Like, he might he might challenge Peyton with that if he had that same year. But I doubt he does. Um, 13 wins sounds good. I don't think he's going to get more than that. Uh, too many more than that. I actually, I mean, the schedule's kind. Like I said, the Packers schedule's nice. He could get 15, but that's really pushing it. For the Packers, Packers have never been that team to be that dominant. You know what I mean? So, and, and their rivals are fierce. You know, the NFC, I feel like 
has some really mean rivalries. Just some rivalries that you never know what'll happen. You know, the Bears might suck, but they might sneak one on the Packers still while in Chicago. The Vikings still suck, but man, some of those cold nights, you just never know what's going to happen up north. So I got the Packers 13 plus, easily take that division. I'm not a believer in any of the following teams. Bears, Vikings, or Lions. I think the Lions went 5-11 this year, and they ain't going 5-11 this year. I got them at two wins. I got the Vikings and Bears at like five to seven wins. Nothing crazy. I have them both at 5-12, and 12, to be honest with you. They both went 8-8, eight 7-9 and, eight, seven and nine last year. I just, very little improvement, more uncertainty than anything. You know, I just, I just don't really see a vast improvement. Their schedule is not nice. You know, their schedule's kind of mean to them. They're going to have tough games. You know, the Bears are dealing with quarterback issues. The Vikings, you know, when have they not dealt with quarterback issues or defense issues? I'll give Kirk that, you know, he has some pretty great weapons. So he really shouldn't struggle too much. But that defense, on the other hand, is something. Moving on to NFC West. I mean, this is another just, dude, this is a slugger division. The NFC West is the Rams, which last year they went 10 and 6. Yeah. They ain't going just 10 and 6 this year. You know, not with a fully loaded, ready to go Matt Stafford. Man, this, the Rams are an easy 12 win team. Like, they're an easy 12 win team. I believe in them. I really do. Actually, you know, I kind of have them on my list as 14 wins. You know, like I said, I mean, I don't think, I think it's hard for the Rams, Packers. I think they're at that that skill point where more than 13 is pretty difficult. The Browns is another great example. I just don't think that they have the overall team experience to take it that far. If that makes sense. Like it's not, this isn't basketball, right? Where you can rely on a couple, a couple amazing players. This is the entire team. And the entire team's, you know, their experience, their knowledge of the game. I just don't think that they have that 14-15 win mentality in them. But still, 13-12 wins, great season. Have them taking the, you know, taking the division over. Uh, the Seahawks, while they are improving, you know, uh, they're just so inconsistent. And I just can't give them the throne of that division with that with those kind of inconsistencies. Like one minute, Russell Wilson is MVP candidate, and one minute they're losing dumb games to who knows who. You know, one minute DK Metcalf looks like a top ten receiver, and the next I'm like DK, how are you dropping these kind of passes, man? I swear they hit you in the chest. So they're developing. Last year they went twelve and four. I give them between 11 and 13 wins. I think that's, I mean, maybe maybe 10 and 12 wins, honestly. I don't see him winning. Like, 13's hard, man. 13's a lot of games to win. The Seahawks schedule's not that nice. It's not that forgiving. Next, I have uh, the 49ers and the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are still figuring out Kyler Murray. And they're definitely figuring out that defense. You know, the defense, you get, I mean, Buda Baker is great, but you need more than Buda Baker to make an elite defense. 
The 49ers, I mean, they lost so many people last year due to injury. They're going to be a different animal this year. They're going to come out the gates howling. So last year, the 49ers went 6-10. and 10. This year, I take them at 10-7. and 7. I take the Cardinals at about the same. Cardinals went 8-8 eight and eight last year. I think they improve, uh, you know, enough to get another win if they're lucky too. But they're both 8-10 win teams. I mean, if it wasn't for the ridiculousness of their competitors in the NFC West, then you could talk more. I mean, the fact that I have all four teams winning 10 games is not okay. Like, I saw that after, you know, because I had an Excel sheet with all the games listed on them, and I'm sitting there thinking about them, and, you know, I, I plan them all out, and I look back, and I was like, dang, NFC West, 10 games each? I don't know about that one, Chief. So we'll see. You know, 8, 10 games? They're good for it, though, man. The 49ers coming back all healthy. The Cardinals have a stacked offense. Ridiculous offense. Lastly, but certainly not least, in my opinion, we got the NFC East. The most ridiculous rivalry games you will see. I mean, no team can sweep rivals. It just it seems like an impossible feat. Um, This is tough. I know Trey wanted to debate this a little bit with me. I have DC winning the division. Okay, and here's why. Washington's defense is incredible. It really is. They have an elite secondary now. They have an elite defensive line. And you know what? I will sit here and admit I think the Redskins' defensive front is getting a little overhyped. I think they're getting a little overvalued. I heard some people talking about Chase Young getting MVP, you know, defensive player of the year. He's not winning defensive player of the year. He's not there yet, man. We got to let this kid develop a little bit. He can be in the future. Oh, most definitely. But um, he's not he's not that caliber yet. Still, that offense, Fitzmagic had a great year last year. I hope that carries over. Terry McLaurin is, I think, the most slept-on receiver, one of the most slept-on receivers that ever is. Um, I think Antonio Gibson is a fantastic running back. I think that O-line is great. Sure, you lost a player, you know, in Trent last year, but uh, it didn't really make a difference. So, I got DC at nine and eight, and I think I'm going to keep him there. I think it's a great number for DC. I, I'm going to put that exactly on. No, no seven to nine wins. I'm taking DC at nine and eight. I think that they can figure out nine and eight. I don't think they make a deep run in the playoffs, but. DC's got some fight in them, man. Ron Rivera has put fight in these players. And I'm taking them over the Cowboys. Look, Dak, people are trying to just, like, rush to Dak and be like, oh, Dak, you were on track for, like, 7,000 throwing yards, you know, last year. You know, you could be the savior of the Cowboys and take them to the Super Bowl and blah, blah, blah. No. No. Slow down. Okay, Dak is coming off a serious injury. The man didn't play a single preseason game. All right. Ezekiel Elliott has more questions than answers around him. Okay. Like, I'm not saying Zeke's going to have as bad of a year as he did last year, but man, he had a bad year last year. What is he going to do? Zach Martin's going to be out for games? So you're telling me that this offensive line is going to have holes in it? And don't even get me started on the fact that they did basically nothing to that 
to that defense. You know, they they almost as bad as the Packers. You know, one of the reasons I don't believe the Packers can win 15 games is because Kevin King is still the starting cornerback for them. Kevin King. You know, the guy that got burnt by Scotty Miller with like 40 seconds left on the clock for the NFC Championship game. Yeah, that Kevin King. You know, it's things like this that holds the team back. And quite for, sorry, I'm yawning. I mean, I hoop today. I mean, I hoop for hours today. I, I am tired. I've been drinking some water and trying to stay awake for you guys. Um, I just don't see the Cowboys taking it there, man. I just don't. Seven and ten sounds good for the Cowboys. They could go eight and nine. I mean, I like they could they could get nine wins. Like I'm not trying to hate on the Cowboys too much. You know, if that comes back, you know, perfectly healthy and it's and it's Zeke's year, then they can go nine and eight. They're not getting ten wins though. This is the Cowboys, man. You know, the the Cowboys aren't going to win two games against Washington. They're not going to win two games against the Giants. The only team they might sneak that up on is the Eagles. But hey, who who you know who even knows? Those people in Philadelphia are crazy. I mean, let, <laughs> I could tell stories about fans from Philadelphia. Those those guys is crazy. Um, speaking of the Eagles, I got them as the worst team in basically the whole league. Hmm, maybe maybe next to the Jets. All right, but I just uh, I'm not huge on Jalen Hurts. I'm not huge on. Any part of their team, honestly, their defense is terrible. Their receivers aren't very good. You know, I, I hope that Jalen Rieger comes and does something because, man, he did not look that good last year. And the Giants, uh, you know, for all this talk about the Giants' defense, blah, 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 and their offense, blah, 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 this is no more than a six-win team. Last year they went 6-10. and ten. I think they're going to go about the same. Six, four, six wins. I have them at four. They could sneak two more in there. They, they could. But the, the Giants aren't winners. Daniel Jones is not a winner, bro. Daniel Jones played at Duke. He's not a winner. Duke football. Basketball's a little different. But Duke football, man, he's not a winner. He is going to struggle and get pulled. And when he gets pulled... Then there's just no hope for that team. So you have my predictions. I, I'm I'm so excited. I, I can't express how excited I am for this season. Tomorrow we got the Bucks playing Dallas. I'm excited to watch Dallas get smacked. Stoked for it actually. Um, I hope you uh I hope you share your enthusiasm. So look, feel free to reach out on our TikTok. And comment on our video with what you think I got right, what you think I got wrong. Uh, I'd love to see some some interaction. I had some interaction with some dudes actually the other night. I went to uh, I went to Seastone and had a couple guys that listened to the show. We were talking about hot takes and such. And I'd love to see some more interaction with you guys. Um, shout out to my boys from Towers. And uh, yeah, give us a follow on TikTok. Check up podcast. This is Check Up Podcast. This is Caleb Willard.